Megan, I have been using our sponsor Element, that's L-M-N-T, to boost my hydration for over a month now, and I'm really loving it. I'm just not very good at drinking plain water, and I love the taste when I pop one of these little packets, I like orange or grapefruit, into a big bottle of water. It's kind of fruity and salty, and it just helps me hydrate better overall. Element is a zero-sugar electrolyte drink mix born from the growing body of research that shows the best health outcomes occur with higher sodium levels. Each little pack delivers a significant dose of electrolytes, but minus sugar, artificial colors, and other iffy ingredients. Element's flavors are so unique, like fruity watermelon salt and spicy sweet mango chili. And we're going to set our listeners up with a variety pack so you can find your favorite. Right. You can receive a free Element sample pack containing eight flavors with any drink mix purchase when you purchase through our custom link, drinkelement.com slash momhour. That's D-R-I-N-K-L-M-N-T slash momhour. This offer is available exclusively through our partnership and is available for both new and returning customers. And if you're an Element Insider, you'll have first access to Element Sparkling, a bold can of sparkling electrolyte water. Again, it's drinklmnt.com slash momhour. Hi, I'm Sarah. And I'm Megan. We're two moms with eight kids between us, from little to grown. We're in different areas of the country and in different stages of life. But we both know that motherhood's a lot easier when real moms share tips and encouragement. And remind you that it's really all going to be okay. We're not experts. We're parents who've been there. We're not perfect. We're real. Welcome to the Mom Hour. Hey, everyone, and welcome to episode 347 of the Mom Hour. I am Sarah Powers here with Megan Francis. Hey, Megan. Hey, Sarah. How's it going? It is going well. I'm really excited. We are staying in the realm of home for today's episode, and it just feels like that's an appropriate thing for this time of year. Last week, we talked about cleaning products that we can't live without, and today kind of piggybacks off of that, but it's not exactly like a part one, part two. We're taking a different approach this week, but I I think it's related because this time of year feels like apropos of home resets and little home hacks and solutions. Um, so you, if you didn't listen last week, it's no big deal, but today we're really talking about solutions to kind of smaller home annoyances, um, aggravations that we wish we would have done sooner. So we're trying to flatten the learning curve for you all and give you the permission slip to just fix the like hinge on the cupboard door or whatever the thing is for you. Well, we've talked about before on the show, Sarah, um, those, it's like the death by a thousand cuts or the little irritations that add up. And I have to admit that I am terrible about not addressing these things. Like I will live with something irritating for a very, 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 very long time. And often it never really becomes an issue, but every now and then you have that aha moment, like, oh my goodness, why didn't I just do this earlier? Um, And this idea for this episode actually came about from our team member, Katie. And here's how she put it. And I, she's actually got some fabulous solutions in her, um, in her question that we tried not to copy. Um, but, and some of them I'm like, Oh, right. I should do that. Okay. So she says, I'd love to hear you talk about anything you do or have done around the house. That's beyond regular cleaning, but makes a big impact. Some examples from my own life, adjusting the shelves in my kitchen cabinets to actually fit the size of my stuff. What you can do that. Okay. I didn't even know that cleaning the tops of my kitchen cabinets. Ew, ew, ew. I'm not sure I've ever wanted to do that, but uh, I should probably look into that. I love this one. Finally, just throwing out my stinky dish rags and buying new ones for $6 instead of trying all sorts of methods to deodorize (laughs) them. Yep. Yeah, I've been there. Um, Switching to velvet hangers in my closet. That is something I personally did about a year ago only because those are the ones I had at TJ Maxx. It wasn't like I didn't have any kind of, I don't know, like strategy around it. But when I put my clothes on them and they didn't fall off, I was like, oh. A life changer. <laughs> it is. And then she says, uh, putting a boot tray right outside the back door. So we're not trying to stuff huge wet boots in our shoe baskets. Again, that's something I have lived for years and have not always been great about um, having solutions for. And what I love about these is none of these are like mind blowing and no. or expensive or difficult. Like you could do all of those things today. Right. But they and make a big impact. They do. And, you know, we know Katie. She's on our team. She's a very efficient, productive home manager. So if Katie's got things that she's been putting off or like like with the dish rag example, like going to great lengths to solve a problem that could just have six dollars thrown at it and go away. Right. Like 
we know that we all do this. And I think it's just really, it's a, it's kind of fun peek behind the curtain to hear what other home managers have struggled with and then solved. And I think hopefully, again, it's a, back to that permission slip idea of like, you can go solve these things in your home for yourselves, listeners, or maybe they're not the things that we've solved, but there's something else. Um, yeah, so I love it. Um, before we go to break, we have a really fun giveaway going on on Instagram that I want to make sure nobody misses. It's happening this week. So you have heard us talk about our sponsor, Scooter Badge, the last couple of months on the podcast. It's this really cute, sturdy little badge that you stick on the front of any kid's scooter, and it personalizes it because they've got like favorite Nickelodeon characters and all kinds of little designs. So if you've got a bunch of scooters that look alike, this is like the badge that sets your kids apart. I think this is so genius. And this would have been so great for me when my kids were just constantly on scooters and they all looked exactly the same. Uh, So we've actually teamed up with Scooter Badge for a giveaway on Instagram this week, and it is a really good one. Yeah, it's a really good one. So they are giving away two scooters, not just the scooter badges that they make, but two micro kickboard minis, which are great scooters. You and I have both loved that brand. Um, It's a double giveaway for one lucky commenter and the friend whom they tag in the Instagram post. And then, of course, if you win, you will also get a 10 pack of the scooter badges themselves, which is so fun. I love this. Well, the giveaway kicked off yesterday and the entries close this coming Friday night, uh, the 14th of January. So all the details are in the Instagram post, which we will link to in the show notes for this episode. So definitely go check that out. Yes, definitely go check it out. And thanks to Scooter Badge. Megan, the end of the school year and kickoff to summer is a busy time of the year for families, but we can all eat stress-free and hit our wellness goals with ready-to-eat meals from our sponsor, Factor. Factor's delicious meals are never frozen and can be ready to eat in just two minutes. You can pick from a weekly menu of 35 options, including popular choices like Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. Plus, they have more than 60 add-ons like breakfast, lunch, snacks, and beverages to keep you fueled all day long. So our team was comparing notes recently on our favorite Factor meals, and Katie loved the herb-crusted chicken with mashed cauliflower and toasted almond green beans. I loved that one, too. And get this, so did her little boy, Charlie. She heated it up for lunch one day, and Charlie, who's three, ate almost all of the green beans. I mean, that's quite an endorsement, right? I was going to say, what a parenting win. (laughs) And I get it, Charlie. Those green beans are crazy good. And if you really want to treat yourself, they even have meals with filet mignon, shrimp, truffle butter, broccolini, and asparagus. Listeners, head to factormeals.com slash momhour50 and use code momhour50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box. That's code momhour5050 at factormeals.com slash momhour50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box while your subscription is active. Okay, Megan. Well, over here at the Mom Hour, we are big fans of our sponsor, Our Place. In fact, you, me, and our team member, Katie, were all comparing notes on our favorite product. Katie was telling us that even though she's packing up to move her family to a new house, she cannot put that mini perfect pot from Our Place into the boxes yet because she's using it like every night. Well, as someone who also has a perfect pot, I got mine as part of their mini home cook duo set. I get it. It's nonstick, which is key, but it also has all these handy features like a steam release lid with a built-in strainer and this nice beechwood spoon that nests on the handle in this perfect little peg. Okay, well, I didn't get this pot, but now I want it. That sounds so great. Our Place's cookware is great to cook with, beautiful to look at, and healthier for us as well. All of Our Place's products are made without PFAS, also known as Forever Chemicals. In addition to their cookware and tableware, Our Place is also making waves with their Wonder Oven, the most stylish all-in-one air fryer and toaster oven. Again, free from the Forever Chemicals found in many of those air fryers. Listeners, Our Place offers a 100-day trial with free shipping and returns, and we've got a great deal for you. Go to fromourplace.com and enter the code MOMHOUR at checkout to receive 10% off site-wide. That's fromourplace.com, code MOMHOUR. Okay, Sarah, so what I love about this is that these are all over the place. Um, All different rooms of the house. Some of them require purchases, some don't. Um, Some are things that we've done for a long time, and some are things that we're just starting to do, or even things that we're just, like, thinking about doing. So uh, why don't you go first? Sure. So this is a change I made right before the pandemic. And I that's a coincidence. But I remember because all of a sudden I was spending a lot of time working on and in my bed because I 
that everyone was in the house. Um, and I took a tip from our internet friend, Jill Krause, who I remembered saying online one time that white sheets and white bedding have been um, counterintuitively great, even with small kids around, because white can be bleached or spot cleaned. And having a white kind of template to work with in your bedroom gives a lot of flexibility for design changes or like a fun throw pillow or buying if you need a bunch of extra sheets or pillowcases, just buying a bunch of white. It's the bedroom linen equivalent of like having all white plates, right? right? Yeah. Um, It just gives flexibility. There's something clean about the design. And I would have thought there's no way like it would just get so gross, so dingy, gross things, stain sheets. I had never considered all white bedding, but I had a gift card to Nordstrom that February before the pandemic. And I decided to get a comforter cover in white and it has some texture to it. So it's all white, but it has, um, it's, it has some texture to it, like a quiltedness to it. And I got some white, um, throw pillow covers. And then we had a sponsor cozy earth a year or two ago and I bought all white sheets and I'm now like a two years into regularly laundering and often bleaching, not every time, but when I need to doing some bleach or, or whitening treatment and they are so white, they, they look great in my bedroom and I've just really enjoy, I've enjoyed the shift and I would never have thought that would be a helpful thing to, uh, I don't know, brighten up my bedroom, but it has been. I love that. And is, so is it for, um, like, what is the ease? Is it because now everything matches and you just like the way it looks or is it like a laundering ease or is it just because you like, I don't know, I'm just trying I to get at what a the little bit of, solution is. Yes. So I think it's a little bit of everything. I think um, in the past when I've had a variety of different quilts, duvet covers and throw pillows, um, they've had sun damage. We've always had big windows in our bedroom. So they've faded or gotten stained and looked kind of dingy after a relatively short period of time. So I think the solution is longevity. I think I will have this bedding uh, set for a very long time. And if I want to dress it up in a different design, I might add a throw pillow. And then the laundering feels easier because the only the sole goal is to keep those whites white. And I probably wasn't in a maybe a season of life where I had the headspace for that. But now I am. And it's so satisfying to have really clean, like hotel clean white sheets and, and bedding. Like so it's a simplicity thing. I think that's felt like the right. solution. Yeah. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. And I have, um, not really through any strategy, I don't think, but it just so happens that I have all like pastel sheets and a gray comforter. So everything does kind of go together, but there's sometimes when I end up with like a one pink pillowcase and one <laughs> yellow one, and it kind of drives me nuts. So yes. I could totally see having some kind of, even if it's not white, but just having one color yeah. really working. Well, mine, my first one is also in the laundry slash, I don't know, linens arena. And that is, I've talked, I feel like a lot. If there's one home <laughs> management thing I've talked about on the show the most, I think it's probably laundry. And that's partly because I have five kids. I have a lot of laundry, yeah. um, but because it's changed so much, like laundry is probably the thing that's changed the most drastically as my kids have gotten older. And as I've been dealing with like the new realities of living in a divorced home, um, because it used to be like I was the laundress on purpose. I I did not want to give up that designation for a lot of reasons because I just I wanted that to be my thing. Yep. I did not want other people throwing a load of laundry in when I was in the middle of something or or like getting into my system. But now my kids are getting older. They have more like sometimes they don't really want their laundry in with everyone else's for I'm not going to get into the reasons. I don't know. I don't want to know. But I actually think it's more because they just don't want their stuff to get mixed up with everybody else's and like they want their specific genes or whatever. And okay, that's fine. But what I have found is that, you know, even having lots of laundry baskets, even if I have an average of one plus laundry baskets, like a laundry basket for each person in the house, plus an extra one or two for linens, Mm -hmm. it somehow isn't enough because we all have different ways that we use them. We all have different systems. And some of the kids want to work out of a laundry basket all week long. And that's fine. Um, Some of them want to put stuff away. But what ends up happening is a lot of hoarding. Mm -hmm. And so uh, and also those big laundry baskets, the kind that you kind of need when you're carrying lots of laundry up and downstairs break really easily Mm because you're carrying them on your hip and they get weak and crack in the um, hip area. So I finally and this was one of those like, you know, very quick decisions. I've 
bought um, two small square laundry baskets, which I feel like are just a little sturdier for each kid. And now they're labeled. So each kid has two. So that's that's what they get. They don't get to have all of my big good ones that I still want to use for like sheets and towels. Mm -hmm. That's still my world that I'm living in. And they can choose how they want to use those. So if they want one for dirty clothes and one for clean, that's up to them. If if they want to separate whites and colors, if like whatever they want to do, they're very welcome to do it but they just get those two and I know whose they are. And I've only been doing this for two or three weeks now, like since just before the holiday, but it's made a big difference because I know like no one's going to come take my laundry baskets away. And if I see a laundry basket that has someone else's name on it, it probably doesn't have my clothes in it, right? <laughs> which has right. been another thing, like not knowing at a glance, like whose clothes are those and are they all mixed up or what? So right. that's something I have, I could have probably done two or three years ago and it would have been great, but, um, but now I'm there. It's also a vote for sometimes just more of an everyday item is the solution. Like if you're constantly short laundry baskets or if you're constantly short chapsticks or if you're constantly like sometimes it's just buying a bunch of something inexpensive and and not living in scarcity if you don't have to. Right. Exactly. Um, So my next one. I feel like I finally got to be a grown up about this when we moved into this house about a year and a half ago. And that is I bought a roll of that cabinet liner, drawer liner, the kind of spongy uh, one with like where uh, like where moisture could go through it and not. Do you not even know what I'm talking about? Like, yeah, like okay. the rubbery ones, the rubbery ones. Yes. Yeah. Are- they're like grippy. Grippy. Thank you. I don't know why that was yeah. so hard to explain. And it comes in a it's big like a yoga mat, but for your cabinet. Exactly. And and it has little holes. It's not solid. Yeah. Right. Right. So it's both nonstick, non-slip. And it also if there's a light spill or something, it feels like it, it does some protecting of what others whatever's yep. underneath. So I bought a big roll of it um, and I put it in almost every cabinet and every drawer. And it makes me feel like such a grown up. Like I'll open up a big wide drawer that has a knife block. And then it also is like some miscellaneous utensils. And if you're feeling extra tidy, you can kind of line the, the spoons and utensils up and they don't slip around and stick. It's just like the most, and you can cut it to fit. So you can cut it for the bottom of a cabinet. Um, I don't know why this simple home solution took me so long to do, but I would, it, I don't have a pantry in this house, but if I had a pantry, I would do it on the pantry shelves. I think I would do it everywhere. I'm in a drawer line and cabinet line, everything from now on. So this is one of those things that like those niceties yeah. or those like little domestic, I don't even know the word I'm looking for here, but yeah, just like a little nicety of life. Um, a civilized little thing that I feel like is getting lost in today's generation. Yeah. I mean, it sounds so old, but I'm saying like, like kind of like the way they say, you know, millennials and younger don't like top sheets. And then everyone who's right. like Gen X and older is horrified. And like, what do you mean? I'm just thinking back to my mom would never, ever, ever, ever have dreamed uh, of moving into a house and not putting down cabinet liners, yeah. and drawer liners. Like it wouldn't, like she would have looked at you like you're crazy. Like that was the first thing you did yeah. when you moved, you went and you bought the contact paper yeah. or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and you lined those cabs like it would have been uncivilized not to. Right. And it is one of those things that for whatever reason, I think is just not as much of a thing, but it is so satisfying. It is so grown up and it's very practical mm-hmm. for all the reasons you said. Things don't slide around if they're a little wet when they go in. You know, they have something to kind of leak on that then air like the air flows through. There's looks like a lot of good reasons for that. And it's just one of those little things that's kind of going away that I, I would like us to bring back. Yeah. It's the kind of thing where if I like younger me would have gone into someone else's house and been like, oh, these drawers are so nice with this stuff laid down. And then it's like, wait, dummy, you could do this for $4 right. in your own house. Like you yeah. are a grown up. Yep. So yeah. Well, okay. So my next one is one that I didn't do. And then I did. And then I didn't do, but I'm going to do again. <laughs> We're still learning that? friends. We're always learning. Okay. So for, again, like an embarrassingly long time, I'm going to say 15 years of like (laughs) grown up married life. I, every time I wanted to reach a high shelf or put in a new light bulb, whatever, I would go climb up on a chair. Mm. And I was really stupid about the way I would do that. Sometimes I would climb up on like a bar stool. Or I'd climb on a chair with wheels on the bottom or, you know, 
like a chair that rotates just because it was close by. And right. I was like, oh, or climb up on the, like on the countertop, like I'm Violet or something. Yes. And I would just do whatever I had to do. And then one day, and I don't remember who it was who said this. Maybe it was you. I don't know. It was like, no, because it was longer ago than that. But it was, you know, not that long ago. So maybe in like the last, maybe six or seven years ago, someone said, why don't you get a step stool? And I was like, oh, that's what they're for. Right. Like, <laughs> right. Gotcha. Okay. So I got a step stool and it was kind of a game changer. Yeah. And I had a little one that I'd had for the kids all along. Yeah. And that was like great. Like having a little tiny one that kids yeah. could climb up and down on. I already had one of those, but those don't get you high enough no. to do things like what I'm describing. Right. So I got a legit step stool with two steps yep. that folds up and blah, blah, blah. And then somehow it got lost in my last move. Okay. I don't know what happened to it. I don't know if it got left behind. Um, it's probably the kind of thing someone was using to clean out like yeah. the garage attic or something and then just didn't just didn't make it. Yeah. And so I've lived without now for almost two years. And it's the kind of thing that I don't even notice I don't have until I really, really want it. Yeah. And then the moment passes and I don't order another one. But it it's like I should just get one like the the minute we get off, I should just get online and order it's one. Time. It's time. It's I have, time. I have a couple good ones. We In our old house, we had one upstairs and one downstairs. The same kind you're talking about with the two steps that folds. My challenge now is that I don't have great place to keep either one. So they're they're always out, which is convenient, but not as easy to store away. So, um, right. but yes, very worth having. Very worth having. All right. Well, my next one is not as easily achieved. Um, without a little, without some luck, I'll put it that way, but it has been a huge game changer. And that is having a professional to call on for small home repair jobs. And I don't mean experts, subject matter experts, like plumbers and electricians, and everybody needs those on hand too, but I'm going to use the word handyman, handy person. I, I don't know of another Jack or Jill of all trades. Exactly. They're not like a general contractor. They're not electrician. They're not like they're not a specialist. They can just do all of the things. Yes. And if you are in, if you can build a relationship and have someone who's reliable and that you can say, Hey, is this even possible? Could you do this? Or would you, would you recommend calling a contractor? It's almost like just, um, like a, like, well, it's the first call. It's the first call we make for small home projects. And we have the best one, the best guy for this house here. And it's someone that my parents had used and What's so freeing about it from a from a home solutions of things that make a big difference is it's opened up Brian and I to be like, you know what? I'll give one specific example. We had a our garbage can in the kitchen was one of those that's in a cabinet, right? It was in a cupboard and you opened the cabinet door on a hinge, like regular open to the side. And then you had to pull out the garbage and recycling that was on wheels on a track of wheels. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Yeah. As opposed to. Wouldn't it be nice if instead of opening a cupboard and then with your same dirty trash hand reaching in and pulling the thing out, it's like two <laughs> dirty hand trash motion. hand. <laughs> it's two it's two motions, right? You have to open yeah. the cupboard, then you have to pull out the slidey thing. We were like, wouldn't it be better if someone could turn this into where you grab the handle and it is the drawer? So it goes from being like a cabinet to basically pulling out like a drawer handle. And we were like, oh, I wonder if Jose could do that. And he did. And it was game changing and magical. That's the kind of thing that's not worth calling. You're not going to remodel your kitchen or get new cabinets. Someone needed, he needed to sand down. He needed to remove the handle. He needed to develop and install like a different drawer pull thing instead of the hinges. It was, it was a skill for sure, a skilled job, but it made a huge difference in our kitchen. And it's, it's allowed Brian and I to, to think about those things that would make a big difference that are really worth paying for when it's within our budget. And we've just continued to be like, thank goodness we've got somebody to call. So I don't, that's like, it feels a little, um, a little selfish. Cause I don't know how listeners can necessarily just go out and find themselves someone amazing. But if you've never thought about that role, um, or if you can get referrals, I just think it's been, it's so life-changing for us. Well, and a lot of, um, people who did that work stay very busy and don't advertise. Um, right. so I have found that those people often are, like word of mouth. So, you know, ask around at your church or, um, at the grocery store, like yeah. look on the little, the little board outside or ask for referrals online. If you have like one of those, I don't know, groups for your community or whatever, because people, when they have someone they like, they're like, yes. And you know, often 
will share their names, yeah. but you might not find them in the phone book. No, you have to look around. Nobody uses a phone book anyway, but no. you know what I mean. Yeah. Um, the other thing we do is we batch. So we just keep a list running of things that would be helpful unless it's an urgent, an urgent need, but it usually isn't. And we'll batch a whole bunch until we kind of look at the budget and look at the timing and be like, yeah, let's get Jose out and um, see like how much of this all these he things. can knock out. So it's been so great. Well, my next one isn't exactly a solution that I came up with or am even doing. It's more of an observation that is helping me think differently about some of these things okay. in advance. So um, ever since I've been dating Eric, I have noticed and he built the house um, that he lives in and pretty much like single-handedly built it. Like he did a lot of the work himself and definitely designed a lot of it. And I've just always been kind of blown away by how thoughtful he's always been about things like lighting, switches, mm. automation of lights, mm. um, things like where a switch is placed relative to the room mm. or like how, like how those things are used all the fixtures, like yeah. how they get used in the house and every place you would think of that, like walking through your arms might be full. Mm -hmm. That light is on a sensor and everything is placed where it needs to be. So we bought this house that I'm going to live in together and he's working on it. And for a little while I was getting a little bit impatient because I'm like, why did you spend like all these hours rewiring the electrical in this room so that the switch is in a different place mm -hmm. or like patching the drywall in the bathroom so that you could move the, you know, I don't know, something up so that the, there's like a pendant light mm -hmm. in a different, uh, sorry, a wall sconce above your face in the bathroom and not like at the same level. But now I get it. Like, yeah. it's one of those like really, um, thinking through all the, it reminds me of you a little bit, Sarah, like thinking through all the potential ways, like you could be happy later that you did yeah. that or mad that you didn't yeah. do that instead of like me just going, eh, whatever. Right. I'll just, I'll just make do. I'm and easy. I'm that's... flexible. And then I'm you're flexible. Like... <laughs> I'll just go with it. And then being irritated later. Now, a lot of it's because I've lived in rentals in my life. And with a rental, you just, you just deal, right? Like I'm not going to go moving lights around and things well, like that. Well, even in homes I've owned, I, I have just dealt with lighting fixtures right. because again, I didn't have a person. I didn't have an Eric. I didn't right. have a Jose. Like I just right. thought this is where this light fixture is. So, so yesterday he went to the store, they were having this sale. Um, we have like a kind of like a home Depot here, but it's called Menards. I think it's, oh, yeah. I think it's regional. I don't know that we I have, you have them out there. Not here, but I um, remember Midwest. So there was a deal where you could go fill up a bag and everything that fits in the bag, you get 15% off or something. Good. I mean, like this is just the most Eric thing ever. And so Good. he made the trip to Menards so that he could fill a bag with like sensor lights and like expensive things, like mm -hmm. all the stuff that costs a lot of money. And so now, you know, last night he's like telling me about how now when I walk in the garage, the light's going to come on automatically because he makes fun of me because I don't bother turning the light on in the garage. I just walk <laughs> through a dark garage and he's like, what do you remember that there's a light switch? Like when you watch, just touch it, it turns on. And I'm like, I know, but you know, I'm just in a hurry to get to the door or my hands are full or whatever. So he's like, I'm putting it on a motion sensor. Then you don't even have to think about it. So it's very Love sweet. Yeah. Like he's like thinking that through for me, but I'm also just like, well, maybe I could just be a little more thoughtful, even when I'm moving in, even when it doesn't come to things like that, I can actually design, but things about like, well, where would be the right place to put a lamp yeah. so that not, not because there's already been a table there and a lamp used to be there. And now I'm just copying what the yes. last people did or whatever, or because it's easiest, but maybe like, where would a, it make sense for there to be a lamp and for me to be able to turn that lamp on? Or I don't know, like all of these things, like there's like a thoughtful way to do it. And yeah. that's my whole point. It's like a little thoughtful design around your space, whether you're living in a rental or a home you own, or like there are things within our control. Absolutely. Um, that we can all make better. I wonder if you and I both being spatially challenged has something to do with it because I off, I also am not very, I often forget that there are changes that could make a difference, especially when it involves space. And my mom is really good. She has, she has remodeled or built a couple of houses. So she also is really good about just seeing those opportunities, just like Eric. So, yeah. um, and I, I'm thinking about our listeners every once in a while, someone posts in the Facebook group about doing a home remodel and they ask for other people's like, what would you, what do you wish you would have thought about when yeah. starting a kitchen remodel? And I'm always so fascinated by the responses because they're very specific things like this. Like I wish the 
garbage disposal switch was on the same side as the soap dispenser. Like it's it's something that's so ergonomic and so thoughtful that um, I'm sure we have listeners who are contemplating, you know, making some changes that you can, you know, use these, use these little tips. So I love it. Okay, Megan, like many of our listeners, I'm sure I've been doing some spring cleaning in my closet lately, and it always feels so good to get rid of clothes I'm not wearing, things that don't fit or that aren't my style anymore. But you know what I realized? All of my Vionic shoes are always in the keeps pile. They just tick all the boxes. They're cute, comfy, high quality. They last forever. And I love growing my Vionic collection, especially with the latest styles from their Vionic Vitals collection. The Vionic Vitals collection offers daily wear styles designed for elegance, comfort, and versatility. We both love the Uptown Loafer, which collapses flat, so it's perfect for travel. The Chardonnay Heeled Sandal, which I know you love, Sarah. The Walk 23 Classic Sneaker, which our team member Katie gets compliments on all the time. And the Willa Slip-On Flat, one of my favorites, which comes in 12 colors for any outfit. Yeah, I need to uh, get the Willa Slip-On Flat. That's next on my list. Well, listeners, if you're ready to try the shoes we're always raving about, use code THEMOMHOUR15 at checkout for 15% off your entire order at bionicshoes.com when you log into your account. That's one-time use only. Bionic Shoes, wearable well-being for your feet. Sarah, our sponsor, Haya Health, makes a kid's daily multivitamin that parents can feel great about giving their kids because they have no added sugars or dyes. And our kids who have tried Haya Vitamins have loved them which is important, right? Because what good is a bottle of vitamins that your kid won't take? Haya was founded by two dads who didn't like the ingredients label on some of the popular children's vitamins they were seeing on store shelves. So they got to work developing a formula that would help fill the most common nutrient gaps in modern kids' diets. Haya's chewable kids' vitamin is made with a blend of 12 organic fruits and vegetables and then supercharged with 15 essential vitamins and minerals. They're also vegan, dairy-free, allergy-free, gelatin-free, and nut-free. Haya manufactures their vitamins right here in the USA with globally sourced ingredients, and then they ship their chewable vitamins directly to your door on a pediatrician recommended schedule. We've worked out a special deal with Haya for their best-selling children's vitamin. You're going to get 50% off your first order. To claim this deal, go to HayaHealth.com slash MomHour. This deal is not available on their regular website. Go to H-I-Y-A-H-E-A-L-T-H.com slash MomHour and get your kids the full body nourishment they need to grow into healthy adults. All right. Well, my next one is very simple and very doable for a few dollars. And that is that it has made a huge difference for us to put many, many um, hooks inside our kids' closets. Um, The kids all have the kind of sliding door closet. So the kind of wide ones, not walk-ins. So if you're facing your closet, you you have some wall space on the interior of the closet to either side. And we just get the metal hooks that are a dollar or something at the home improvement store. And we get not the command stick on strips because I am so paranoid about things pulling. Not not that anything bad would happen, but I need a good secure hook. Like I need to feel like it's really in the wall, especially if we're going to hang backpacks and heavy stuff on them. Um, And sometimes you can get the two prong ones or just the one prong one. But kids don't hang stuff up ever. I mean, I don't think ever even I have not known a kid to hang stuff up on hangers properly, but having a lot of hooks in the closets really has helped them be able to hang up a backpack or a purse or a hoodie, or there's a lot of things that you can tidy up and put away if you have an abundance of hooks. And I, I would say I would extend that to other areas of the house, but the area where it's made the biggest difference is in the kids' closets. And it's, you don't need a a professional or a handyman for this. You just need literally like a screwdriver and a very inexpensive hook. And um, it's made a big difference for our our kids' tidiness. Not that they're super tidy, but it's an easier, yeah. Kids like to hang things. Yeah. It's it's right in front of their faces. Mm -hmm. And and little kids, I think hanging on a hook is the best possible scenario because they can do it autonomy. Autonomous? What's this? Autonomous. What is the word? Thank you. Goodness. Yes. Um, they can do it on, by themselves. Yes. <laughs> they can do it by themselves. So at, I have a, in my current bedroom, let's have this really long, weird wall situation. There's this, I don't know, like eight hooks in a row, right? When you walk in, I remember you talking about this. Yeah. And I thought it was so weird when I moved in. I'm like, who needs this many hooks? <laughs> this is just silly. But every one of those hooks is now full and some are double full. And I will tell you, 
It reminds me about jackets I would otherwise forget I owned. Uh-huh. Um, it allows me to have a place where my scarves are out and I can see them. Yep. So yeah, hooks are not just for kids. Hooks everywhere. Yep. Hooks are for adults too. Yes. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay. So well, my next one is also about hanging things. Okay. Um, and that is a, when I did that closet refresh about, I don't know, a little over a year ago, I hung up all of my clothes except jeans and workout clothes and like some of my hiking wear, stuff like that, um, and pajamas. But basically anything, I used to get real precious about whether something was hangworthy. Right. Like, yeah. oh, is this shirt nice enough to hang? This right. is just a sweater. I'm putting it in a drawer. Well, you know, you just end up with messy drawers. So I hung everything and it has been a huge game changer. Like it's everything is more neat. I can find things when I want them. Things don't wrinkle. Um, it's been great. So and you even hang jeans, don't you? I do hang jeans. Yes, I do hang jeans, but I do not hang some of the things you do. So I think we're just we just distribute a little differently because I don't hang as many shirts as you do. Oh, okay. I have quite a bit folded. But my question for you is like, you know, that stage of the laundry putting away where it's just your stuff and you just are going to lay it over the chair, the end of the bed. Do you find that you're any better about putting away your own things with hanging or drawers or is it kind of it's a kind of a wash? Did you just hear that long sigh? Yeah, I did. Like, I did. Well, here's the thing, Sarah. In theory, I would be better at hanging because it feels like less work because my closet never gets full. My drawers used to get kind of full Mm -hmm. and sometimes I'd have to kind of rearrange them or like, you know, dig things out and move them around. And I don't have to do that if I'm hanging almost everything. But right now I do have like three baskets full of clean clothes waiting to be, um, hung back up. And then sometimes I'll do this thing where I pull something out and decide I'm not going to wear it. And I throw it on top of the basket on the hanger. Mm-hmm. So then you have an even worse mess because now there's like a hanger involved <laughs> that's getting caught on other things. So it's still not perfect, but that's error. That's user error. That's yeah. not like, it's not a system breakdown. That's my follow problem. Through. It's follow through. It's follow through. Yeah. Yes. And what it will take is me spending about three hours in my room, cleaning everything, organizing yeah. everything, getting rid of the stuff I'm not wearing. A lot of times that's what ends up happening is like, I don't want to put something away because it's like committing to it. And maybe I don't want that thing anymore. So I leave it in the basket. You know, I don't need to get into all my excuses um, and my mental problems with around um, my clothes and hanging them up. But yes, uh, it's not solved, but that's on me. Yeah. Have you found there's a difference? Well, for me, where I fold clothes is I can seriously reach the dresser drawers from the end of my Uh, bed where I fold clothes. So I, I have a better execution record of putting away folded clothes. Then I do walking. I'm looking Uh, at it right uh, now. Walking probably (laughs) seven steps over to the closet and putting it there. So it's just so funny that we we do this. But I end up sort of laying the hanging things over the end of the bed or on the chair instead of walking six steps and hanging them up. So I'm bet I am better with putting away the folded stuff in the drawers because it's like two feet away instead of ten. Right. Yeah. Right. So funny. All right. Well, this next one has been really effective for us. And I would say it's great for even preschoolers on up. And that is having what I will call like a lost and found basket or a miscellaneous basket for each child or family member, having a place where those baskets live that where they look nice, that it's not just um, it doesn't look super junky. And then having a a family system for when those get emptied. So this would be your bottom of the stairs baskets if people have done that method. Um, My current house doesn't have stairs, so but it's very long. It's very spread out. So we have, I bought three woven baskets from Target, kind of flat and low down. And they sit, they line up on a bench in our dining room. And that's about central, it's, it's, sorry, it's not centrally located, but it's at the end of the house where kids leave their junk and don't take it back to their bedrooms. And I just, as I'm tidying, I have a place where I can drop lost and found items, miscellaneous items in each kid's basket. There's no labels or anything. It's just, I just know who's, you know, whose is whose. And then once a week, they have to take those baskets back to their room and empty them and bring them back empty. And it's finally, it's the kind of system that I started with fits and starts when they were a little younger, when we had a two-story house, but the stairs did kind of it was always a wrinkle with the stairs. And like, I didn't want a bunch of stuff in baskets at the bottom of the stairs all the time. And they never took it up. This has worked really well. Um, and I have even added a lost and found area for my parents who, you know, we live five minutes away. We're always at each other's houses 
and we have this entry table in our in our entryway that has three drawers and they weren't being used for anything. And it was so satisfying to be like, oh, when I have a Tupperware that's my mom's or my dad leaves his hat here or something, I'm just going to stick it in this drawer. And it goes back to the Marie Kondo concept of like knowing that everything has a place and knowing where that place is. It removes so much mental load of the decluttering. And I feel less angry about kids leaving <laughs> stuff out because I, I know what my division of responsibilities is. I put it in your lost and found bas- basket. Your division of responsibilities is you empty that on Sundays. So it's just been, it's been helpful, but it's taken a while. Yeah. And it, it, I, I think that there are so many systems like that, that like take forever to actually implement. And then by the time you finally get them going, you're like, oh, but actually now the kids are older. We should change this part. Or now we've moved. So this part needs to change. But it's like, there's never going to be a perfect system, right? It's, or a routine. Like there's always, they're going to change with time. Kind of like my laundry routine. Like it worked so well when it worked and then it stopped working. And I think it took me a little while to get on board with the fact that it wasn't working anymore. And I needed to like make some changes. But I guess my point is that that's just part of how this all works. Like that's just, how it goes. Yeah. There's, there's not, there's no system so good that you can invent it and never reinvent it. Well, and neither you or I, uh, would ever get so, um, full of ourselves to claim that we had found the right system. <laughs> it's just right. the system that works for right now. So we both yeah. know that those, those evolve. Yeah. Well, um, my next one is, has to do with dishes. And this is one of those places where like my aesthetic ad- ideal And like my desire to have my kids do things in the kitchen without complaining and, you know, being total wusses about it conflict. Right. So I would like to have nothing but beautiful, you know, Mrs. Myers dish soap Mm -hmm. or maybe some um, method or something and nice, like really cute, artsy looking um, dishcloths. Like the ones your sister knitted yes. yes or knitted yes um a- and that's it but here's the big but Teenagers. I also want my kids to do the dang dishes and I want them to hand wash pots and pans and scrub cookie sheets and all of those things right so those two things do not go together right. if they have a tool that doesn't do basically do the work for them <laughs> then it's it's as though I was asking them to dissect a cat or something it's like they just can't, they're looking at me with their hands up like, ew, but like, I don't want to touch it and gross. And they're all having fits. So I ended up getting, um, those long handed kind of ugly plastic scrub brushes uh-huh. for the kitchen. And that made a big deal or a big difference. And then I got some of that, uh, the Dawn power spray. Okay. I, I which, saw you discussing this in our team Slack channel, but I don't think I'm familiar. What, okay. So, yeah. so yes, I was discussing with Amanda who's on our team. And she made a funny comment that people are like that Dawn power spray is very controversial. And I said, well, like, why is it controversial? And she said, because you still have to do work. And I was like, oh, it's so not are magic. People getting, yeah. Are people getting the idea that you just spray it at the dishes and it mag- like it, it cleans them for you? Because that is not the case. That does not. All it is, is a, and it's probably overpriced. I'm just going to say it's probably like a gimmick, right? It's a spray bottle that has probably slightly watered down dish soap in it is my guess. And it ejects in a foam. So Uh, when you spray it, it's like you're spraying, you know, Windex or something. So it comes out with that kind of force, like foamy dish soap that comes out in with it just, it's different. It doesn't Mm -hmm. come out in a a squish. It comes out in a spray. And the reason it's been kind of game changing is that the kids, first of all, like spraying it. They can do it with one hand while holding their ugly plastic long-handed scrub brusher in the other hand. And for whatever reason, the magic isn't the product. The magic is in how they feel about the product. Mm -hmm. And now they all think it's easier to do the dishes. Right. Right. So, I mean, I could probably figure out a way to make this on my own. I've looked actually into how to get, um, because I think you can kind of like use your own product and get like a spray bottle and it's some, it's some special uh, formulation of like water to, right. to soap or whatever. I could do that. I don't know that I'm going to bother. I don't have it out on the countertop all the time. I leave it under the sink and then we only pull it out when needed, but, but man, it just gets the job done and the kids don't complain. And, uh, okay. 
good enough, right? Like it's worth the extra dollar. Exactly. And that's what I was going to say is in the interest of getting kids on board, which is such a milestone for those of you with really tiny kids, like having children who can actually contribute around the house is hard one and it's not easy to implement. And if it, if it takes like a a fancy mop or um, like something that makes it feel fun for them, then I, I say, go for it. Yeah. All right. Well, this one is very um, frivolous and is mostly about adding joy and making adding joy a little bit easier. But it's such an example of like that thing we were talking about with walking 10 steps to the to the closet, like how creatures of habit we are and how much a slight inconvenience will mean we don't do the thing like you turning on the lights in the garage. So we put up string lights in our backyard patio Um when we moved in and they look so nice and we have year round wonderful weather. And I like to have them on, even if we're not hanging out outside on the patio, because you can see our patio from multiple places in the house and they're on a little remote. They're not on a timer, um, but they have a little remote that turns them on and off. And for a year, that remote was in our front entryway in one of those same drawers that I talked about where I put my parents lost and found items And I'd walk by a window and see that the string lights weren't on. And I'd think, oh, I wish those were on, but I'm, (laughs) but I'm not going to walk (laughs) back to the entryway and go into that drawer. And one day I just moved it. I moved it into the kitchen to right next to the window where I always look out and think, oh, it's, you know, it's dark. I should put on those string lights. And I tucked it into this little, I think it was a candle holder that I turned into a, a loose change jar. So it's like in a little jar that always sits on the counter It doesn't even go into a drawer like Marie Kondo would want, but it is so accessible. And I kid you not, I turn on and off my patio string lights every night because it's just right there. So whatever listeners, whatever you can move to a more convenient location, do it. They would call that reducing friction. Yes, exactly. In in the habits book, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love that. Um, Well, this is kind of another one of those like Friction. I guess this whole episode is really friction reduction, yeah. but this one is, is very much along those lines. And that is having way more chargers and blocks of all the different kinds mm-hmm. than seems necessary. Um, because you never know when those things are going to wander off. And yeah. sometimes the block wanders off separately from the charger. Sometimes someone, you know, needs like the set, the same size charger that is someone else's phone charger they might need for their Kindle. And I put myself in I'm guilty. So mm-hmm. one of my kids will, his charger is whatever that is, mini, a mini USB, whatever mm-hmm. the one is that fits a Kindle. And I have a couple of times meant to return his phone charger <laughs> and forgotten. So anyway, I just have them everywhere yep. and several on each floor and in the car. And it just, it just, it means that I don't ever have to think, oh, I can't charge my phone, but I don't really have time to run upstairs right now to get the charger yeah. because I'm right in the middle of like getting dinner started. So I'll wait. And then oops, my phone's dead. Like all of those little annoyances. Yeah. Um, if you just kind of over prepare, uh, it feels silly and frivolous, but it really works. Yep. And it is that death by a thousand cuts. Like the amount of time we've spent looking for a charger or a charger block and then moving it to a different outlet. Like that is found time if if it's right. just not something you have to worry about. So I agree. And actually, my last one is also device charging related, but it is a separate purchase that we made. I don't know. I feel like everything I'm talking about was about when we moved into this house, because that's when some of these things tend to get solved. But it's one of those charging docks where you can um, it has little dividers where iPads and tablets and phones can kind of oh yeah stand up next to each other. It's, it takes up a decent amount of space. So we have it in our like bonus room. It isn't one that I put on a main kitchen counter because it would create quite a lot of devices and cords. So this would be for the devices that maybe you don't use all the time, like uh, your kids tablets or maybe your Kindles or whatever, but it was around $30. I'll link to it. Um, But there are others that are similar. And I think one of the things that helped with most was telling the kids to go put away or go charge a device. And it was it was almost like instead of that thing where you're looking for a cord and a charger block and which outlet am I going to use? You're just going to this. You're going to the motherboard, like the, right. the station, the, the charging station. Um, so that was a great small purchase that made a big difference for device chaos for us. Nice. Love it. Oh, my gosh. Well, I can think of lots of areas where I need 
some um, <laughs> some smart home solutions. Yes. But this was really fun and um, hopefully gave listeners some ideas for streamlining and reducing friction in all these little areas of your homes. Um, yeah. so yeah. And we would love for you all to discuss these. Like, I think it'd be really fun to talk about this in our Facebook community if you're part of that yeah. or chime in on the comments in our Instagram post about this episode because I know people are going to have so, so many hacks and so many solutions to things. Problems you might not even realize you have right. until you're crying in the bathroom because, I don't know, like you, you can't reach the the light switch with one hand when you're right. brushing your teeth or something. I don't know what it is, but th- we've all got them, right? We've all got those problems. We've all got them, and they're solvable. I guess if there's a, if there's a moral to this episode, it's that many of these, these annoyances have solutions, and sometimes it takes us thinking like, oh, I am going to fix this for myself and make it better. Right. Yeah. Well, before we wrap, just a reminder to go check out our sponsor, KidSoul, at kidsoul.com slash the mom hour. They make inserts and insoles for kids' shoes that can help with arch support, heel pain, and other foot issues that are common in childhood. Yeah, and they've got great prices and incredible customer service. Plus, they are offering our listeners a 40% discount when you use the code MOMHOUR22 at kidsoul.com slash the mom hour. So check it out. And we'll be back with you a week from today with an all-new Listener Questions episode. Talk to you then. Guess what, Megan? Over 10,000 teens are already using our sponsor, Erica, to help them unplug. That is amazing. Erica, that's Erica with a K, is the social media health app for teens that gives them the tools to unplug whenever they need to for improved health, study focus, sleep, and daily balance. It's so cool how this works to hide distracting apps from your phone at the touch of a button, keeping them out of sight and out of mind without deleting your data. Yeah, you know, teens really get that social media comes with risks, including addiction. And Erica helps them build healthy habits and self-regulation that will benefit them their whole lives. Tell your teens about Erica and save 20% on the Erica family plan with promo code THEMOMHOUR. Go to erica.app and search for plans. That's Erica with a K, E R I K A dot A P P, and use code The Mom Hour to save 20%. The Mom Hour is brought to you by partners like Chatbooks. Chatbooks makes it beyond easy to create beautiful photo books by importing your digital photos from anywhere Instagram, Facebook, Google Photos, or directly from your phone. The books come in a variety of sizes with beautiful cover options and binding styles to choose from, and they start at just $15. Plus, we have a great deal just for our listeners. Use code THEMOMHOUR20 to save 20% off your purchase. Just download the Chatbooks app and use code THEMOMHOUR20 to save 20%.